grab a brew, get into bed, go out for a walk, whatever you need to do, get yourself ready because we are diving into season three of Human Being to Whole Being with me, Rachel Cruikshank. I've set myself the task this year of recording one podcast a week. So many different guests coming up, so many different areas of life, so many different parts of your health. I cannot wait. Thank you for being here with me. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and hello to Alethea, who's joining me today. Hi. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Really good. Um, really, really looking forward to having a chat this morning. Um, I'm sure I'll get onto it, but I'm on, mostly on maternity leave at the moment, apart from a tiny bit of kind of um, essential work. So it's really nice to be having kind of a, a work-related conversation and a life-related conversation that's not to do with changing nappies. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you then for giving me your time. I really oh, appreciate okay. it. So what's your work-life balance at the moment? um okay so that's an interesting one um <laughs> is it is it there does it exist <laughs> yeah it does it does just about um the way things have kind of worked out at the moment my partner has some time um on leave um so actually I am able to spend a bit of time clear-headed time on on the business it, just in the background mostly um as well as sort of connecting a little bit with some clients so um actually there is a little bit of balance I wouldn't say there's much balance in the sleep that I'm getting mm. <laughs> um but the work and life balance is actually it's actually kind of better than it has been over the last five months um because there was a lot of mum life going on and not a lot else which is a total joy but um yeah I guess we're we we need more don't we yeah I guess it's kind of nice though to kind of dip your toe back in the waters and see what's going on like you said we actually so Alethea and I have already spoken once this week about something different but yeah. you were saying that you'd um kind of were feeling maybe a little bit overwhelmed about how it was going to be and obviously covid's happened since you've been on maternity leave so it's quite a different picture but yeah. hopefully then recording the podcast will get the juices flowing a little bit again and Absolutely, like be nice yeah. to inspire ourselves yeah you're right every conversation i've had in the past couple of weeks whilst i've had a little bit of time to kind of get back involved in thinking about the business has um, only made me feel more positive and excited mm -hmm. for what's ahead for me and for Founded Wellness. Um, because I think I've probably been sitting, nursing my baby, seeing the COVID news, thinking what's going to happen here. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's actually a good lesson, which is just get out there, get involved and talk to people. Because I think that changes your perspective on things rather than sort of sitting in your little silo, worrying and worrying about things. So yeah it's 100%. nice to chat so it'll be we can definitely get onto all that in a minute but I think it would be nice actually just to explore how it has been coming back from maternity leave for you because I know there's so many women out there who should I go back shouldn't I how do I do it and you're going to be a feeling all of those things right now and very recently so you know what's been the process for you was there a plan before of what you thought you were going to do did you stick to that how's it happened yeah um very much the plan that was in place did was not executed <laughs> um which you know you know this yourself with running your own business um that you kind of get used to those things <laughs> plans and then the reality i suppose that's life right um so yeah obviously pre-covid i had intentions and in fact i've started to tee up an interview for someone to take a role that I hadn't I hadn't previously had in the business which was a business manager effectively taking on most of the duties that I do normally day to day um, managing client relationships and you know selling and um, 
just kind of keeping the business moving forward and growing um but that in the kind of wake or dawn of covid rather um was very quickly i realized that wasn't possible um mm. so in fact the business sort of has just somehow been working through the process of going through covid on its own i mean we did lose a lot of business of course like a lot of most people in our industry um, despite there being a huge opportunity for us all here, um, the reality was, particularly with our clientele, because we work with co corporates and businesses, they either didn't have the money or they weren't able to commit it to wellbeing activities, despite having an interest, just simply because they were changing the structures of their business, letting lots of people go, putting people on furlough. And, you know, I could see and completely understand that they couldn't justify spending money on uh, workplace yoga, <laughs> um, despite their kind of interest in doing so. Um, so the picture has obviously changed quite a bit. Um, and yeah, so the plan has been very different. The business has just been ticking over. And yeah, we are sort of here at this day to day, which is um, just starting to work out what is what is coming next for Founded Wellness. Um, so watch this space. <laughs> Hopefully by the time you share this podcast, we'll have some, um, some clearer plans in place but um as I said I do feel like there's a big place for workplace well-being so um mm. we will um we will uh, continue to to inspire in that space yeah and I suppose because it's your business and maybe then it's slightly different like did it feel like you wanted to go back to it or was it still that kind of being in the bubble with baby you yeah. know such a lovely place to be and um you know, I know you had such a journey towards pregnancy as well, that then how did it actually feel to come back into work? Obviously, it's a job you love because you've created yeah. it, but there must have still been some anticipation with that as well. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. I'd say I'm still at that point now of kind of working out what it, what it is um, and what it looks like. I mean, even if COVID hadn't happened and we were still operating as we were before, um, I guess I would still be facing this unknown, which is how do you manage the shift in your energy and your priorities and your time to work and essentially in a business that is another baby for me at least I'm, I'm sure a lot of business owners feel like this but yeah. founded wellness has been my baby for the last four years that I have put all of my blood sweat and tears and energy into and now there's this actual baby <laughs> um and I do love both of them <laughs> very, very much. Um, it's not like my head has turned now. Um, it's just that things are different and you can't really know until it happens how you're going to feel about that. And I'm sure every person facing this feels a bit differently. I'm sure for some women, they're like, okay, that was great, but I'm done. And now I'm doing this and maybe something else for a work, from a work point of view. And then maybe some people by now have already kind of like got got their child in childcare and are getting back to business um I'm still floating in this space in between where I'm still working out what the right thing is um but yeah I'm excited yeah <laughs> and you won't know I guess until you know like until you try it a different way or you trial and error isn't it you know yeah, I think yeah. especially at the moment when I suppose you're not in co-working spaces like you were before we're at home and um everything's just a bit different and now you're a mum as well but yeah. what a joy <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it is all joy it is all very joyful it's a great word um I think one thing is to kind of like keep that joy for as the focus because sometimes it can also become quite um stressful or um 
you know a bit daunting as to like how am I going to do this but I think as you say until you start to try to do different things you don't really know and I and I come to realize now that I'm starting to get to this point that actually that just must be how all parents deal with the early years of their children like it's all just a big hustle and a big like shift you know even the difference between you know holiday time and um term time you know just like you're constantly just shifting aren't you and I I, I guess I've seen friends do that and you see that happen with parents but until you're starting to kind of have a sense that all right that's what my life's going to be like now it's kind of quite hard to plan for it yeah and I suppose in a way I mean not to convey your baby to a project at work but it kind of is quite similar like you would never see this big thing of like this big problem and like how do I get from A to B like it's too much that's super overwhelming it's like let's just do one step at a time we'll do this and then we'll do that one day at a time we'll see what happens so I mean it looks to me like you're doing great so (laughs) yeah like I you know there's a kind of a there's a there's an objective there which is to make it work and I think to make it work is incredibly difficult and um, hats off to the families and women that do um, manage to make that you know Mm. mumpreneur life work Um, I think it's very tough is what I'm starting to realize Um, and yeah uh, I'm I'm up for the challenge Mm. Um, but I am open to the idea that it might not be the right thing for the business for the baby for me so I guess we just sort of have to see how it goes yeah and we're doing a bit of work together at the moment but what I've loved is that you know you've been saying like oh sorry if I've missed something like I'm trying to work out and it's such it feels a really refreshing take on like just being honest basically because there's and whether that's motherhood that you're struggling with at that time or something with your family or something with your personal life or whatever it might be I think it's really nice especially in the well-being world that we're working in just to be honest with people and obviously that can't come as an excuse for not doing your job if that's what you're being paid for but it's also a really nice like can you just meet me in the middle this is what's going on for me and as soon as you've got that it's like okay well I'm not waiting for an email straight away because it's it's not going to come and I think maybe if everyone had that little bit more openness about what they're doing and everyone else was a bit more accepting and embracing of that what a change that might be for the workplace in general yeah oh I completely agree in fact in many ways that's why I have wanted to work myself and um, create a business that works on those terms and if that doesn't work for you know someone that we're uh, proposing to work with then perhaps makes that person not quite right now I obviously respect and understand like the idea of professionalism and um, Mm. you know being able to kind of um, service clients and the business that needs to get done and I have a very kind of strong um you know understanding that that's important if nothing else businesses need to function and make money um and for that they need action (laughs) um but I do also think that like one of the joys of having your own business and working for yourself um is that you can you can set the values and terms under which that business and the culture of that business and if that's that we're really honest because actually we're mums now or we're going through some big personal journey that's impacting on our ability to deliver or turn up for phone calls or whatever then there needs to be some space for that yeah yeah that's so nice so just to tell everyone what it is that you do because we yeah. haven't fully touched yeah. on that yet so yeah. um yeah what is it what is it that you yeah. do Alicia? yeah <laughs> oh yeah so I've mentioned founded wellness that's my company so um we started or I I I do that thing the we and there is a we but also it is me um 
if in 2016 so prior to that I was working in health charities um, so kind of quite large global charities that are quite well known and in those roles I was working on mostly kind of communications but lots of relationships and um, sort of programmatic stuff around um, sharing those health messages with the population that are engaging with those organizations um, a lot of those populations and kind of um, partnerships were corporates who were um, either supporting those charities or engaging in the messages that they were sharing and it was all really you know incredible work and there's certainly not um, that sort of um, there was no burnout or kind of fatigue of that it's just that whilst I was doing that I was also kind of on my own journey with a more holistic well-being practices mm. um, supporting some of the kind of you know normal life's ups and downs that most people in their 20s are going through I wouldn't say there was anything kind of really um, you know pointy ended in terms of me turning to holistic well-being um, I mean I had I had lost my dad to cancer when in my early 20s but um, so that kind of was a definitely a bit of a wake-up call around cancer and age-related diseases and these things that kind of are going to um, kill us um, but my, my focus is more on um, just improving sense of well-being so in my work in the charities I kind of really felt um, passionate about that but also felt like there was more to be done around just helping people just feel a bit better each day as opposed to the more serious stuff and mm. um, that's all really important but there's also a huge population of people who just need um uh, access and education around tools and resources that can help them just to feel a little bit better each day um, as well as deal with some of the hardest stuff that happens so really founded wellness was kind of a culmination of that experience professionally my personal experience and love for yoga um, and ambition to go and do a yoga teacher training so of course I kind of went to India and spent some time there I'd, I'd done a few trips prior so I kind of had the confidence to go to India on my own and mm. um do a training and then when I came back from India, I decided to leave London um, to mostly kind of cost save and get my head down and went to stay at my mum's in the north of England in Lancaster and had spent three months basically kind of working like um, with all of that energy that people have when they start a business and start a new idea, you know, like tapping away at my laptop till 1am and building websites and learning things I'd never done before and decided to create Founded Wellness, which essentially is um, an organisation to support and inspire more holistic well-being in workplaces. Mm -hmm. So that can be anything from, you know, big corporates. We've got some large FMCG clients to smaller SMEs, um, professional services, um, and also, you know, content and inspiration for individuals as well, but all with this sort of lens around work life. Um, in the past, we've kind of talked about it as the workplace, but that's something that's already evolving. It's all about work life, um, because we're not necessarily in the workplace anymore. Um, and just, you know, translating some of that beauty and power that, you know, you, um, also represent Rachel from the holistic well-being world translating that and taking that into organizations in a way that feels really accessible with really kind of friendly accessible language um, and also just sort of educating so that the decision makers are open to doing some of that stuff because I think sometimes that's where it gets stuck the people of the organization are up for it 
but actually the decision makers who are kind of deciding right how should we spend this budget might feel isolated or unfamiliar with what that thing is whether it's a workshop on breath work or a gong bath even and just making that kind of hopefully helping to kind of make that work for them so that's kind of wellness (laughs) wow it's amazing so do you think it was because of your previous job that made you want to go to workplaces to do it because what you're doing you could do that anywhere you know in private sessions one-to-one with people but obviously there's been a quite a specific decision for you at one point that you wanted it to be with corporates or in a in a kind of work environment what why was that yeah very much so um my experience in those previous roles was that that was a market where um, and an, an, an audience where they needed resources and tools. Um, I mean, I don't think well-being and health is new in workplaces, of course, but bringing holistic well-being to that space, you know, in some ways is or has been relatively, or at least it was in 2016. Um, of course, you know, it's not un- unusual to have a yoga class in a workplace these days, or there are still huge like swathes of the business population that wouldn't have something like that yet. We see a lot of it because of the, what we do, but there are still, you know, hundreds of thousands of organisations that don't have anything like that. Even if it's just a bit of desk yoga or breath work at the desk mm. to manage stress, everyone needs it, but a lot of people aren't accessing it. Um, so it was partly that I'd seen that, that there was a need for just resources and education, but also um, a bit of a business decision, really, you know, like the well-being world is really thriving. It was then, it still is now, even more so. There's still loads of room, but um, I just felt that I needed a niche. It was a comfortable space um, for me to go into as, as, a, as a person selling a business idea. And yeah, it felt like it, it, it could be useful and successful. And, you know, I, I'd say that we've had some great success on our journey so far um we've obviously had this sort of bit of a pause to some extent but um yeah I'm, I'm really optimistic about the about the future of family wellness and also well-being practices in workplaces and I think you know something you just touched on there which is so important to me and I think hopefully will continue as well and we spoke about it the other day the immunity thing because yeah. this whole pandemic has happened and suddenly people are like oh my gosh what's my immunity really like we think about coughs and colds but actually there's the bigger picture and you've mentioned you know age-related cancers things like that all you know not all of these things but so much of it is actually preventable just yeah. maybe with a few changes mm-hmm. and I think actually offering to a workplace where you can hit quite a few people who might not necessarily pay for it on their own back as well actually so it might be slightly different audience who's then going to appreciate and be in tuned or I think the accessibility thing is really important to give people that like open the door for them give them a little bit of information and then they can choose whether they step into it or they buy a book or what they do afterwards maybe they'll go to a yoga class themselves right yeah I mean we're not there trying to make the employees and the teams that we're working with you know, experts at headstands or, um, you know, like seasoned meditators were just there to inspire it and share a little bit of it. And then, uh, you know, the best possible outcome, as far as I'm concerned, is that they then do, you know, find out what's going on in their local community, go to a local yoga class, start some mindfulness practice, maybe start using a mindfulness app. You know, they're they're the successes. And when we look at measurement and impact, that is how I help organisations to see that what 
their little investment in us coming and doing a workshop or a yoga class it's actually a really it's not just did they feel good afterwards it's like what happened next you know did they then start to incorporate this into their lifestyle do they now stop and pause for a break at lunchtime and go for a walk do they do some journaling do they now have a little bit more awareness around their sleep patterns so like all of these little things they're they're what we're looking for um and actually it's really important to me that we then you know do that bit of education give that experience and action but then actually say look there's all this amazing stuff out there go and enjoy it don't be scared now to walk into that yoga studio I think it's really nice to have it accessible because don't get me wrong I'm like I'm all woo woo like I'm all about the the sage and everything like that but workplaces and maybe some people there wouldn't be so it's really nice just to turn up and be like oh okay she's a normal person like she doesn't have any like extras or you know frills or tassels or anything it's just like I'm just one woman and you know this is my company but these are some really simple things you can do and it's it's pretty normal actually when you're doing them and maybe there's a preconception of some people and of course there is generally but maybe in slightly more corporates and that's a generalization so but that maybe oh like I'm not going to do that like I wouldn't feel comfortable but actually when they start to do it it's like oh it's just quite similar to another exercise class or um do you feel (laughs) exactly do you think there is that preconception with a lot of people you work with or is it just completely um different for each person Definitely. I mean, there's, you know, there's the stereotype, isn't there, of like, you know, that this stuff is for hippies and, you know, the images of the sage and chanting and all that sort of stuff. You know, like my personal practice is that is like that, you know, maybe not quite at the moment because I don't have that the space for that at the moment. But, you know, like my favourite yoga that I go to personally is a Jiva Mukti class, you know, and I just I love those moments. I'm a, I'm a physical person. I love physical yoga, lots of physical yoga. But those moments at the beginning, you know, of doing some really simple chants, really repetitive, beautiful moments, they are what heal me. Yeah, that's the yoga I choose. My my feeling is, I think a lot of people would benefit and enjoy those moments. They don't have to become that stereotype. Um, but it's just giving them that little routine. Um, it, I think these days, you know, sp- the spiritual side of this and um, holistic practices, they are finding their way into the mainstream. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't want to kind of be naive about what people are accessing in their, you know, time outside of work. But it's about the organisation embracing this. Of course, yet lots of the individuals are open to it and they already be practicing, but it's about the organization seeing the benefits of some of these practices um, and them being open to it to try to create this culture that it's oh, that it's okay and that this is um, a really worthy way of spending a bit of um, break time or yeah. um, finance like budget on on team building could be actually on something more holistic and health focused yeah so it may be a bit different at the moment but do you find you know when you're approaching companies is it quite easy to show them the benefits of everything that you can offer them or is there sometimes I mean I'm guessing budget is one thing that is talked about a lot it always is um what are the kind of things that you're the pushbacks I guess that you're getting from companies of why should I invest this money this time whatever yeah so I think the first thing is that understanding of what it is um 
you know I think often particularly with yoga it's sort of in there as that physical activity thing um so it kind of goes in with the running club or um you know the gym memberships in terms of the benefit so there is that sort of education piece um yes of course budget is often a, the challenge um and also you know just like where it's coming from in the business is quite important so one thing is you know at times I'll be speaking with a founder sometimes I'll be speaking with an HR manager or a well-being director sometimes it's the office manager sometimes it's a passionate marketing manager who just really you know loves holistic well-being things themselves and wants to bring more into the organization because they know how beneficial it can be so the the challenges are you know come from who you're talking to quite often and where they're at in their own understanding and journey um but you know there's 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 other things like that kind of um natural and understandable need for organizations to understand return on investment in what they're uh, anywhere they're spending money and so I think it's a, a educating about what return investment of this type of investment should be mm. um, and that has to be a discussion really because you can't kind of dictate to an organization how they measure their spending um, ultimately of course they want to maybe see an impact on um, you know um retention of staff or days at work or you know absence sickness absence all that kind of thing um i usually try to move them more into a space of some softer measurement around how people feel that afternoon um as well as some of the kind of knock-on effect which is the stuff i mentioned before um around you know where this then takes people in terms of their interest in these practices um, and then also just also kind of some more basic things like can they include the fact that they're investing in this in job offer letters and therefore can it also help with acquisition of new talent or retention of talent. Um, so I think it just depends on the nature of the business and who they are, the way they operate, the type of people as to sort of like which bits of that work for them. Um, some companies they like they hear that everyone's had a great time at the session and they've been felt really productive that afternoon and that's enough. Yeah. Others need a little bit more. And so kind of understanding those needs is where you kind of really need to um, get that bit right to bring down those barriers. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Those kind of performance indicators that you mentioned there, because I mean, you could measure anything you want. Obviously, for you and me, I'd be like, if everyone's happy, then that's perfect, yeah. you know. Yeah. But there's, and some companies I'm sure yeah, would love happiness that. Happiness is measurement and, for a lot of companies. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure there's studies that show that happiness improves, you know, performance in lots of different, you know, your communication, the mm -hmm. effort you put in, your enthusiasm, and all those sorts of things. But yeah, looking at all of those different performance indicators. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. And sometimes it's going to take time, you know, because if you open the door for someone and then they choose to go and read a book and then it takes them a few weeks to get to a yoga class, you know, I work one-to-one -one with people, but often the people who are busier in jobs, you know, they can take a little bit longer to do things because they've just got more on their plate. Yeah. So actually it might take some time to really see that input, I suppose, as well. Like not all of it's going to be straight away, although yeah. I'm sure there are also direct, you know, impacts as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we tend to, um, you know, give a piece of activity a good few weeks. So um, with yoga, at least we, 
look to evaluate after about six weeks. It's just a really simple set of questions to understand how people are feeling, whether, you know, it's also a serves as a way of kind of getting some feedback on if we should tweak it in some way. Um, you know, for example, with a yoga class, it could quite easily be too physically challenging for people. So it's really important to sort of check in and make sure that we're kind of meeting the needs of everyone in the room yeah um just like just like any yoga class you're teaching yeah. I guess but you know more than anything in this setting when you're working in this audience your priority isn't you know as I said before to get them into a headstand or a funky yoga pose priority is definitely to help them uh you know either wind down from work or energize for the afternoon or provide some team cohesion because it's actually a team building class so yeah. it just depends really on like exactly what the purpose is but that's also really important in terms of working with corporates is really being clear about what our intention is yeah. um, and that's something you work with them on because actually if they want their workforce to um, just prioritise de-stressing or, um, or team building then we need to make sure that that is an outcome of the class um, because I think that's another thing about particularly with this holistic well-being kind of um, offerings as you know, Rachel, there's so much, it's so big. And actually when you're coming to this, perhaps as an HR manager or someone new from a workplace that's thinking, right, I'm gonna get some of this stuff. It's sounding good, people are talking about it. We're gonna get a bit of this holistic well-being going on in the workplace. I think actually what you don't know at that point is how vast it is. Even a yoga class can be anything from, you know, about restorative yoga postures up to breath work to, something a little bit more spiritual to you know something physically challenging and so really making sure that the aims of the interaction are clear um is very important and that's going to come so much from you because yeah like the yoga like I just want yoga and we're like what sort of yoga do you want hatha vinyasa ashtanga rock and they're like I don't know what yeah. <laughs> exactly I don't know what any of these words mean so actually going at it a different way and so okay well what do you want out of it and obviously you have that ability to communicate that okay so you just want a bit of de-stress yeah. you want it to be pretty low impact you want to be pretty chilled cool got it like they don't need to know those words do they that's you know your job yeah. I guess to be the translator between them but I think that can be a big block for people though in any in any situation workplace or otherwise you know you look and I think this is something maybe we need to think about in our roles is like we know what those types of yoga mean so we just write them you know rocket ashtanga whatever but if it's someone else looking at them you know and, and I often see on Instagram actually people using these Sanskrit terms which we understand yeah. them because we've done a yoga training but I've often thought if I was like a, a person who hadn't done a yoga training I'd be thinking what on earth you just scroll by you know it has yeah. to be informative and accessible and yeah. be able to be understood otherwise what's the point you've lost yeah, exactly. them already yeah, I mean, certainly with the Sanskrit, um, there's a kind of a, 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 a way of working, which is that we don't really use very much of it in our classes. If you do, then you do it and educate what that word means and why. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like little bits of it really do help people and they feel kind of quite interested to understand um, some of the meanings behind some names of postures, even if you're using the English names of postures like warriors and things. Yeah. Um, touching on some of that stuff is part of the nice story of the class but yes using Sanskrit can be very kind of ostracizing and um just a bit confusing really um mm. which when actually you've got a teacher spouting all of these other instructions to you the last thing you need is someone to speak in another language <laughs> that you don't understand 
yeah <laughs> and it's often you know when I go and try like a new practice and I don't know if you've ever had this like I started going to bar like just before lockdown happened and I was like oh my god this is so hard yes. and I think I'm in a movement like job I should be able to do all these things and then they start saying and it's like a new pattern a new yeah. movement a new direction it's like oh my god I've no idea I'm out of rhythm I'm out of time mm. I'm doing the wrong thing and then it's like gosh fair play to everyone who comes to yoga for the first time it's tough like trying anything new whether it's like archery or I don't know knitting or something it's difficult trying a new thing whatever it is especially if you're at a job all day long at a desk all day long and now you're being asked to move all of a sudden you know that might not be in your physical body yet so yeah I do really find that the education around the why of postures is so important um I think you know obviously if you're teaching an experience level two yoga class in a studio it's different you can kind of like skate over some of that and just get on with doing it and everyone appreciates it but in a class where you might not have people with that understanding and they may not even want to really have that understand that level of understanding just sort of explaining why you know being upside down in a forward fold is really useful from an anatomical and physical body point of view is just so valuable yeah so kind of kind of try to prioritize our content to um to focus on to focus on that stuff in saying that also important to note how much I love and respect like the history and the um kind of story of yoga and all of this stuff so it's not about butchering it and kind of ignoring that that's where it comes from it's just about using it in the right way and sharing that story in a kind of subtle slow drip feed way yeah right time right place yeah, yeah exactly exactly have, have you seen differences over the last four years because now like mental health certainly is spoken about more than it's ever been yeah. and you know the, the the kind of concept of like mental wellness sick days kind of thing like having to take time off just because you're feeling overwhelmed this is a much more commonplace practice now yeah. has that changed what you're offering how you're offering it the kind of demand that there is have you seen any changes since you've started um, I mean, I definitely would say that there's more of an appetite. Um, I do think that there's still a lot of work to do, though, um, for founder wellness, for other organisations, for individuals working in with corporates, just because it's such a big market. And also, you know, even without COVID, the, any organisation is under stress and pressure around how to spend money yeah and how to kind of find these moments that perhaps are adding in these extras for their employees quite often the yoga and holistic stuff the well-being stuff comes in under benefits and I'm like "Mm, I don't know anymore if this is where we should be sitting like can we move this into like the basics of what an organization should have which is some mechanisms and activities in place that support their well-being physical and otherwise of their staff that shift I think is still evolving. COVID inadvertently will have helped it. Um, there is, there does seem to be quite a lot of emphasis, understandably, on the more sort of tighter health safety policy type side of things. But that's because COVID is such a like hard health problem to have for organisations to have to deal with. So how that kind of influences and opens up doors for the more holistic stuff, I, I don't know. Um, so in to answer your question. Yes, of course, there has been a change, but I actually still think there's a huge amount of work to do because I just still don't think that there's a clear way in for us into organisations. 
you know, most successful com conversations are obviously speaking directly with HR or wellbeing managers and directors. Um, but as I said before, it's still very also coming from a grassroots, grassroots place. But what I try to say, even to the HR managers and wellbeing directors that I speak to is that grassroots thing is what we should be listening to, because that's actually what your people want. Like, mm -hmm. if you're looking at doing something to support wellbeing in your workplace for the team that you manage, speak to them about what they would find most useful, because that's what is going to have the most impact, right? So um yeah i think i think it's i think it's um it's wide open still um, i think maybe until it's a norm which it's not there's still going to be work to do because what you're saying is if it was like the foundation if that was like the pillars from which then other things came you know even just looking at covid for instance let's say stress that's going to have an impact on our yeah. immunity and therefore something like covid gut health that's related to stress again you know physical um energy physical like things like weight diabetes all of those things going to be impacted by movement by education around diet all of those things are then going to be related to like this big pandemic covid yeah. i mean in some way you know um and actually if we can go in as well-being professionals at like that bottom and then everything comes from that you know i'm always speaking about root chakra in terms of yoga that's like the foundation thing right make sure the garden's really healthy and then the seeds will grow and so maybe if we can find a way to get that message through yeah. and then but i think until it's a norm you know it's there's always going to be more work to be done because it's still yeah. probably a bit of a like it's a benefit to perk if someone said to me like i have a job and they do yoga i'd be like wow that's amazing because we i never had that when i worked in the corporate world yeah. so to me that's it's not the norm i don't know do you think is that is that a fair assessment do you think yeah yeah i think so i think so i mean it's difficult isn't it because we're kind of also working with like real diverse set of organizations and yeah. you know like for example one of our um clients that we've had over the past four years has been the shared workspace we work and we've provided a lot of yoga within that setting of course slightly different context for those classes because you're getting employees from different companies coming so the actual yoga was funded by we work um but then the attendees are from all the different various companies that are in that building um but you know and they're quite evolved that's very established bit of activity they are very committed to it um, or at least they have been and uh, it's normal but then you know you've got kind of businesses perhaps not working in sort of um, metropolitan areas or um, just with slightly different um, uh, influences and cultures mm. and it does still feel very very new and um, one one thing that's for sure is that you know particularly with yoga is a lot of people go there as you know for like physical reasons yeah but ultimately, I think most people, in fact, not just with yoga, but with any holistic practice, anything, you know, whether even if it's, you know, some some of the work that you work on around nutrition, ultimately, I think all of this stuff is about our mental health. So, you know, whilst we might go to a nutritionist to physically feel a bit better, maybe um, have a bit of a health kit before, um, you know, a wedding or um, sort out gut health after an, an experience, actually often when it boils down to it the bit that keeps us there and the bit that kind of really has the impact is how it feels emotionally and mentally so I think we all need that <laughs> yeah. everyone in the world um and that's a 
that's as I say it's wide open you know that's a, an ongoing need it's not something that you become you don't tick that box I've done that now that's why they call these things a practice because it is just forever that we kind of go through these different waves and journeys of these different things um, to help keep us feeling well and supporting us through the highs and lows yeah and I think actually in that sense you know looking at it from the other side yoga is a really nice gateway in because you know without making it too complicated most people know what yoga is in some form you know even if they just think it's like a little bit of stretching so they turn up just for a little bit of stretching um or whatever else they want to get from it but yeah 100 percent. I mean certainly that was the way for me all those years ago when I started was like oh okay let's just try this other physical thing but then you're like whoa okay this is different so yeah that's I mean hopefully people will benefit from it and learn more about it and then the mental health emotional health comes and that's yeah where the journey starts I think yeah what would your advice be to someone who let's say they're an employee in a business and they're seeing that there's not corporate wellness they're seeing how much it could be um how much of a benefit it could be for the Mm -hmm. company what is your advice if they're thinking like gosh this is what I need how do they go about that do they speak to CEOs uh, managers do they reach out what what's the best thing to do there um well practically in terms of kind of getting to the next step is tricky because I guess it depends on the nature of the business and the setup but yeah you know getting buy-in from the top and the bottom so you know speaking to um directors and getting their support and then you know even if that's not at a budget stage just getting the support in concept um that's when it can be useful to speak to people like founder wellness or you know other experts working in the in the field to try and help with that education piece that we've already talked about um but then getting feedback from from the workforce the people that are going to be engaging or hopefully engaging in the activity to find out what it is that they would like um, that's I find really important in terms of you know making sure that it's a success um but then also trying things and that was one sort of real aim for founded wellness was that I did feel like there was a lot of discussion around well-being in the workplace that's nothing new tons of research tons of particularly around the mental health side of things but actually action was seeming a little bit bleak and in fact a lot of the action was from individuals yoga teachers or well other well-being consultants or um you know mindfulness coaches going in and kind of just chipping away individually uh, with a few clients themselves and um which is great and 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 um you know we we need that to happen but we do also sort of need a collaborative approach to really kind of crack in and help to educate on why this is why this is useful um and so trying things and getting some action going is really key because until you sort of experience stuff you don't really know how it's going to go down its impact it might have um so taking action is really key um you know obviously you want the research and um to understand your workforce and have that underpinning underpinning what action you take but in many ways just kind of get on with doing some stuff even yeah. if it's just you know using a yoga teacher that might be in your company already and um asking them to teach a few classes so there's no cost to the business and you're just kind of getting getting going with it 
I think that's, you know, speaking personally from like a business perspective, a lot of things are just sort of trial and error and learning and trying again. And you don't know what is going to work or not work until you try it. And sometimes for me, that means either, you know, having giving some time for free or you know offering something for free to give that intro to open the door when because it always comes down to money for so many individuals and companies which is completely fair enough you know um but yeah I think understanding what's going to work for your business because you can look at studies or research or evidence for x y and z but until you put it into the context of the job or the industry or where you're working I'm I'm presuming there's going to be a lot of differences yeah yeah, definitely. And there's those practical barriers as well, you know, like and, and COVID in a way in this sort of shift to being more receptive to online um, interaction um, at scale is quite useful. You know, it's an opportunity really for well-being practitioners to reach more people. Yeah. Um, for example, we have seen in the classes that we do still deliver because we we um, got a few of our classes sadly had to end when COVID hit because it's obviously quite a challenging yoga is a challenging product to deliver safely at this time at, at the right scale and you know yeah. cost effectiveness for everyone um but the classes that we have managed to continue with zoom have it in fact been really well attended in fact more people attending the class because perhaps they weren't able to attend that you know wednesday afternoon slot previously but now it's on a you know a Tuesday morning at 8am so it, it's a more accessible likewise barriers to entry around people having confidence mm. I feel like this has helped to open things up so before maybe um and it's easy for us to forget this because we are seasoned yogis who are so confident and familiar just going to a mat but you know there are barriers still for people even you know getting rolling out a mat and and trying something different and new and I do feel like this has opened the doors to that because people can do it in the comfort of their own home even have their video off if they really feel like it and just kind of have a go and then and then they're getting to that point of actually just experiencing it and trying it so yeah it's it's tricky but in a way in a way this new climate is potentially opening up the doors to um, more engagement which is good. And I think it's just making us think about, oh, wow, there's suddenly more people. Okay, so why is that? And even this conversation from our side of things to think about, okay, clothing, you know, people are going to be thinking, what do I wear? How do I change before? How do I change afterwards? Where do I do that? Will I have time to change, get to yoga, change, get back to my desk? When do I eat lunch? You know, Um, all of these little things which seem kind of I mean I was going to say like petty there they do sort of seem like oh don't worry about it it's fine because that's from our point of view it's fine you can just wear anything but then when you've not done it or you're busy or you're stressed like these are people who are pretty stressed pretty busy got enough on their plate they don't have that mental capacity to slot into you know what do I wear how do I change da 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 you know where's the space in the office and things like that you know do I want to be doing yoga next to the accountant who I'm going to have to have a meal uh, a meeting with later you know all these things all of those things yeah definitely in fact we do include a lot of those things silly questions yeah that are not silly but completely normal in our FAQs because I feel like people need to hear the reassurance and also other things like um of course normally if you're doing yoga in a studio ideally you're not arriving late for, for a number of reasons um but actually even in our in-person classes you know I've kind of tried to always make it okay 
if you're going to be a bit late because the last thing anyone needs is to feel like they really wanted to go to yoga they needed that 45 minutes but they had to get that email out because it is work at the end yeah. of the day and then they couldn't do it because they were five minutes late and actually it's been really important to me that we create a culture of classes that that is okay um you know ideal this isn't ideal but even if you end up having to have your phone in the in in the room because you've got to check an email halfway through it is kind of okay because what matters is that everyone has access to something that's going to help them make them feel a bit better that afternoon. Mm-hmm. No one wants to feel bad just because they've got to deal with a quick email. So it is all about sort of um, making it work for that, for that audience. And actually, even if they just got there for 10 minutes, they probably yeah. would get some benefit yeah. of just stopping and realizing yeah. just how good it felt to breathe or something, you know? Oh, exactly. And actually, I've, I've always sort of known that instinctively, but more so than any time now with a baby, yeah. I realize that you need to be okay and to go to things that is okay that you can be late be 50% not there because you're also thinking about something that the baby's doing, you know, whatever it is, you sort of need that permission to yeah. just be able to make it work as best as you can. And you have to trust people that they're not going to, you know, just take the piss or, you know, be rude intentionally. Like everyone's intentions are good. So it's just about kind of creating space and holding space for them. Yeah, well, I think that circles right back to what we were saying in the beginning, you meet me halfway, you know, I will give you some leeway, but then at the same time, there has to be that mutual, I think yeah. it's mutual respect, isn't it, yeah. you know, mutually giving each other leeway when it's needed and warranted yeah. and appropriate and respectful and all those sorts of things. So what, and, I, and I'd love to ask this just as a final question, yeah. well, two things actually, but firstly, for mums out there who are maybe either, you know, in jobs as women or specifically I'm thinking like entrepreneurs um working for themselves you know what is your advice for them becoming pregnant going through pregnancy then having the baby there you know all of these things do you have any you know insights from your journey anything you'd like to share I do yeah I did write a few notes because you gave me a heads up on that question yeah um I mean I think the main thing really with with at least with the entrepreneurs with the business owner is um around kind of and this is advice to any anyone of course wanting to start a business or kind of having a think about their career intentions is you know just really keep that thing around working to your passion and to your experience at the heart of what you're doing if you drift from that then then things become more challenging um so then if you've got that at the core then when perhaps you're faced with the you know the idea of trying to conceive going through maybe a fertility journey like we did we went through IVF um which is you know of course incredibly challenging um on your time and your energy and your emotions and then also kind of going through a pregnancy and having a baby having those things really clear becomes very important yeah there's a train passing um and then with that being very, you know, being very kind, because no matter how, you know, much you plan, and of course, as a business owner, you ideally are kind of planning all of your moves, even the ones yeah. that might be about maternity, but just being okay that there will be unexpected hurdles and challenges. I mean, who could have possibly predicted COVID? None of us. <laughs> um, you know, when we were writing our five-year plans five years ago, that wasn't in there. Um, <laughs> so really thinking and, and being okay with the unexpected hurdles and therefore with that being you know realistic about what you can achieve because I do feel like my biggest pressure um particularly 
um, in the pregnancy and the end of the pregnancy when COVID had already happened I was kind of facing this sort of like conundrum around what to do with the business trying to pivot whilst I was very heavily pregnant mm. thinking about having a baby in this climate um I just was a bit like I actually got to a point where I was like I tried to remedy it but then I was like I can't do this I have to be realistic and just let things play out but that's where having the passion and you know that kind of trust in my intention was so important because I thought well as long as I've got that things are okay and then the last thing on that is like just instinct you know um both as a mother and um as an mother of a business yeah <laughs> entrepreneur and a spiritual person I think you know in my instinct I really do trust it and that might sound like quite a fluffy end to my contribution to your podcast, Rachel. Um, but I'm I in for think, it. I think that's that instinct got me here on all of these things. It got me yeah. here on leaving my job and starting a business. It got me here on, you know, wanting to be a mother. And um, yeah, that we have to we have to go with that. Oh, no, it's a beautiful end because actually we first met when I think you were midway through IVF and I remember us speaking about it and then kind of seeing the like way markers throughout when you got pregnant. And then, yeah, you gave birth during COVID, which is just I don't even know what it is, but it's crazy. So, Alethea, thank you. And my hat's off to you because it's amazing. Um, Really, really nice to have a chat. As I said at the beginning, it's so refreshing to talk about this stuff. So thank you. (laughs) I hope it's useful. Oh, definitely. So my final question, which I ask everyone is about what makes you feel like a whole being. And I feel like you probably answered quite a few things as we've gone through. But um, yeah, any last little bits? Yeah, okay, I'll keep it really brief, because we're kind of coming to the end now, aren't we? Um, I, again, you gave me the heads up on this one. So just I just wrote three things. Um, practice, we touched on that, but it is all a practice. You know, my yoga looks very different right now to how it looked, you know, even 12 months ago, or 18 months ago. So just knowing that it's just like you come and go with it all and um, acceptance, really, really, really important. That is what helps me um, on the, day, the days where I do feel a little bit more at conflict with, you know, whatever it is I'm trying to do and feel um, and experimenting. You know, I think really having a go like I, I think of myself as a well-being advocate and expert in some ways but there's still a whole ton of stuff I don't know about Mm -hmm. so keeping trying things I mean the nutrition stuff for me is so new and fascinating and I'm in fact even just thinking about the baby and the weaning I'm kind Mm -hmm. of already learning new things that I should know for myself or feel like I should know for myself but who cares like I'm learning it now so just keep going yeah oh thank you thank you thank you thank you and uh, just lastly anything else coming up on where people can find you because hopefully there's lots of corporates out there who are going to get you involved we need it so um, where can we find you so easiest place is on instagram to be honest these days so um at founded wellness um please do follow drop us a dm Um, you can also follow me so alethea yoga and then other places of course our website so foundedwellness.com um and yeah i'd love to hear from anyone who just perhaps like to chat about more um support for their employees from a well-being point of view um but yeah i would love to i would love to continue conversations and just give us a shout if we can help thanks rachel
Yeah, amazing. So if you're out there thinking my workplace needs yoga, guys, get in touch with Alethea at Founded Wellness. So Alethea, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, for juggling diaries and babies. And thank you to your partner as well, who I know helped us out this morning too. Yeah, he's having some daddy daycare time right now. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel.